Hello, and welcome to The Kosh. I am your host, Timber Smith, and The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who have had an association with the Oshkosh, uh, city of Oshkosh and the surrounding Fox Cities area. Um, how's everybody doing out there, uh, Kosh listeners? Um, today, we are doing back-to-backs. Now, everybody knows, if you listen, uh, I typically try to catch guests uh, Saturday mornings, uh, so it's nice, fresh. Uh, we get good energy. We get a great conversation. But today, we are moving off of that because I've got special, special guests. And we had to take it off Saturday, and we're moving into a Sunday morning. Now, since it is Sunday morning, let me tell you about this Sunday morning because I'm not quite sure when this is going to air. Um, why, 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 why did it snow? Can we stop now? Like we've had enough. You, you've, you've, you've done these things. Like it, we've, we've been good this winter. Uh, you've had your fair share of snowing. Can we stop? <laughs> Can we just get to spring? Um, if I remember right, I, I do believe that the groundhog said like we were going into spring. So can we can we get to the spring? Um, and even though it, I think, and I'm not even going to lie because I'm not going to front, I shouldn't complain too much because I'm not actually the person that shovels. Uh, my wife went out and shoveled, so I, I probably shouldn't complain too much, but I'm going to complain anyway because, you know, you got to complain about something in Wisconsin, and my agreement with God is I only complain in the cold half of the year. <laughs> so, um, super excited. Well, you already know this. Should I should I say what I yes, I'm gonna say what I always say. I am super excited about this week's guest. Actually, I've been waiting for some time to have these guests on the cash. Um, particularly um, because there are guests who have been shouted out multiple, multiple, multiple times here on the cash. So you already know it's gonna be great. This is gonna be a hot episode. Um, so without further ado. This week's guest is Liz Redman and Trent Wester. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Hello. Good morning. Oh, hey, good morning. Hey, look, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if you listen to episodes, like I slaughter names. That's what I do. I, <laughs> I, I don't mean to. I'm a respectful gentleman. But uh, me and people's names, we, we don't always get along, you know. Um, not everybody, uh, is lucky enough to just be blessed with a name like Timber and Smith. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you slaughter that, then there's probably a little hope left. So how are you doing this morning? We're doing well. We're doing well. Sunday is our, uh, slow together as a family day. So we had a nice morning and happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Okay. Slow together family day. Yeah. Recovering from a, a long weekend of baking. We're doing good. Ooh. Baking. All right. And, um, well, you know, can we, can we, you know what? We're going to just jump into, can you please share a little something about yourself and what is your connection to the cash so people can understand this connection to baking? Sure. So I'll go first. I am an Oshkosh native. I grew up here on the West side and went to Oshkosh West high school graduated and left for about 15 years. So I did my undergraduate in Iowa and traveled around the world, lived in Central America for a couple of years, Um, (laughs) did my graduate work in Montana, and then I landed in New Mexico. 
And that was a really beautiful place to be. (laughs) That is all over the place. Yes, it is. Mm. I uh, had a really adventurous 15 years and always knew I wanted to come back to Oshkosh. My parents never believed that I would after all my travels, but uh, I love it here. I love our beautiful architecture, our community, and I knew there was a lot of opportunity here to open a business. And when I met this handsome guy in New Mexico, uh, we spent some time together there, but decided that we'd come back here to build something together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been back for five years. Today. Today, Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we caught the anniversary comeback day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's special. All right. That's amazing. And if I remember correctly, the year we moved back, it was not done snowing yet. Oh. Am I right about that? I don't remember anything about Was that the year that it snowed on your birthday? No, that was after we moved into our house, which was a couple years. I think it snowed nonstop since we moved here. (laughs) (laughs) Says the guy from Texas. So yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm from Texas originally moved my my family. We go Texas and New Mexico or, you know, they're next to each other, but um, there's a lot of overlap down there. And so I I lived in New Mexico for a while too. And um, met her in Santa Fe and yeah, the rest of the history. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Can I ask? uh, So what were you doing in New Mexico? So I, at the time, was working with food startups. So I got a job first helping run a cafe that was inside of a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Fe is a very holistic, hippy-dippy kind of town, which we love. And so I started there, but quickly uh, was connected with a woman who was starting a cold-pressed juice company. So I was doing that for a couple of years. Then I helped a friend open a craft ice cream spot. So I love food. I love startups. And that's sort of where my career has winded through the years. Wound. Wound. Yes. Okay. That's that's really sweet. And, and what about you? So my family owns a piece of property in New Mexico that goes back generations and generations. Um, and it is a little area called the Thunderbird Ranch. Um, and it's surrounded by national forest in the um, uh, Manzano Mountains. And so I was living there working in this little town of like 800 people called Mountain Air. Um, there's not much to do there and there's not too many people to meet there. And so, you know, single guy, late twenties, I needed to figure something out. And so every weekend, (laughs) 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 yes, she did. (laughs) And so, um, every weekend I would go to town and, and try to just meet people in general. Um, and, and, uh, Liz and I met, um, on Tinder actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was there just doing, I was working in construction and then, um, yeah, had to get out of there eventually. Yeah. I think that it would be cool for you to share what else you did in your free time at the Thunderbird Ranch. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was also really into uh, hiking and running. New Mexico is great for, for that. You know, here we have trails and uh, you go down the trail and you turn around and you come back and that's right. about all there is. But um, in Santa Fe especially, you can hike a trail for as long as you want. It just goes on forever. You can go to Colorado from it, from there. But I was uh, really, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's amazing. Um, but I was into uh, ultra running, so um, Whoa. Did, did a few, did four hundred milers in my my uh, ultra running career, and some fifty milers and hundred k's and stuff like that. 
repeat that again. So how many miles was that? Did you originally say there were uh, a couple hundred miles? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Seriously, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. Like, uh, I'm I'm tired thinking about ten miles. So <laughs> you know, there's something really valuable to um, doing things that are hard, and uh, the 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 lessons I've learned from that have been so valuable and and what we've done here and and just living your life but you know it's it's so important for for anybody um to do things that are hard and 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 finish them and and the um just i mean the lessons you learn and the the self-respect that you get from it is is more than worth what you put into it i think grit yeah there's something to be said for grit i mean don't get me wrong i was not fast i was not good at it but i did it but you did it yeah I I can I can uh, I can appreciate it and I can relate to it. I feel like that's uh, when you serve in the military, you have to have kind of that kind of mindset for sure. So absolutely, that is actually pretty awesome, and I'm glad that you made him tell us that tidbit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and actually, I think a month or two into our dating, I uh, was really unfamiliar with the ultra marathon marathon scene and culture and even what the heck it was and sort of my intro is this girl gonna gonna work was crewing him so along the route there's checkpoints and stops where the runners come and get snacks and can change their shoes and socks and refill their water bottles so I had to navigate these mountain forest service roads with no cell phone using a map with his dog who was a pain in the butt at the time she was Mm -hmm. a puppy. Uh, But it was really, really fun. And it was a really awesome thing to be a part of. And I I made the cut, so to speak. So (laughs) you got to hang, you know, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to, I want to go back to Tinder. Oh yeah. Cause I just think, I think people nowadays, I think there's, well, first of all, I think people make, um, like there's a bias if you meet mm-hmm. somebody online, but I've mm-hmm. known quite a few couples actually at this point who've met online and have gotten married and, um, are, it matched, it did whatever it was supposed to do, um, which is amazing. Um, but how did it, how, how did it work? I mean, because it, it, it was there apprehension when, because it's tender or, you know, yeah. what was the feeling? Yeah, and I think people have a certain idea about what Tinder is as well, that specific platform. But for me in Santa Fe, Santa Fe is a really tourist town, so um, a lot of folks passing through, but a lot of people who have third or fourth homes in Santa Fe. So Mm -hmm. the dating scene felt a little bit small, and so this was the first time I had dipped my toes into that scene, so to speak. But uh, we matched and we actually met down in Albuquerque, which is south of Santa Fe, about an hour. And I was being efficient with my time. I had two dates in Albuquerque that day because, you know, I'm driving down there, right? (laughs) Why why are you messing around? Like, don't don't waste my time. Let me just Uh, make it worth the gas. Yeah, so... Well, part of that was because I, I didn't stand you up, but I canceled on the first day, right? Yes, you did. Because I was running a 100-miler, and it was like two days later, and I was like, I should be better by then. I was not. I was destroyed. I couldn't stand up. I you know, I probably still smelt, even though I'd taken a few showers, and I was like, this is not going to go well. Oh. I was like, so so I, I put her off on the first date. 
Well, that probably that probably was smart. So you could it put was. your best foot forward. It was okay. It's like recording podcasts in the morning. You know, you have to. I agree. Be there. <laughs> be present. Well, you you because you only get one opportunity to make the first impression. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's an uphill battle if you screw it up. Yes, and I would say that's mm-hmm. probably for me. That was. You know, as we, as we get through the podcast, there's another topic that this might come up on, but you have to kind of go with your gut and those first few moments, those first few conversations, what someone says to you online to me are really important. So mm. I think Trent had something unique and clever to say. I saved the conversation somewhere, but you know, what do you say to somebody that isn't really generic and something you hear all the time? As a woman, mm. we want to, you know... You have something special to say? Yeah, to what all the guys say? out there trying to pick up someone on Tinder, hey, that's not the one. You know? <laughs> it's got to be better than hey. You know? It's got to be better than hey. Yeah, it's got to be thoughtful. Can it know? be hey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all reality, it needs to be hey plus here's something thoughtful that means that I actually paid attention to your profile and, and am interested, you know? Okay. I don't know. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. You got to at least show that you're you made an effort. Yeah. More than just I and see. I don't know. I've been I've been married for 20 plus. So like there were uh, there was barely the Internet when I got married. So <laughs> right. AOL chat rooms. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, that was real deal. I, I do actually think at the time of uh, when I got married, uh, we were still on dial up. Um, that, <laughs> nice. that is probably uh, really the truth. Um. <laughs> well, Timber, quick question. What was your AOL uh, username? Do you remember? No, no, <laughs> I don't. Cause I'm not even sure. I know I AOL chat, but I don't know. I don't remember anything past a certain point. The only thing I remember is my uh, hotmail that I had back in that day. And that is because I still have that hotmail. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Yes. I, I'm still using that. hotmail. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, it's the good old trusty. You know, and yeah, yeah. and back in those days, most likely it had something with timber in it because yeah. I was that dude. Yeah. 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 I, that's just a fun fact, fun question to ask people. Yeah. No. You, you can tell a lot by, about people when you see their email. You can. If it's like first dot last name at Gmail, you're like, all right, they're a business person. If it's, uh, you know. Well, Whatever my, silly thing well, my, plus a number. Well, my email is oshvegas uh, at gmail. So what, what is this? That's not too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> it's fun. You're a fun guy. Uh, it's, um, it is the way I live my uh, young life in, in the cash. It's better than uh, like broncosfan315 at yahoo.com, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not very perfect. You, you don't want to put that on a, a, a business email. No. Yeah, it's not as good. No. <laughs> okay. Um, one last question. Um, and I don't know how deep we want to go into it cause maybe we'll go into it much deeper later is, uh, there was a mention of baking, mm. you know, mm-hmm. anything we want to say about baking at this point? Man, well, Trent touched on the Thunderbird Ranch and that's sort of cool background, how we came to name our bakery here in Oshkosh, the Thunderbird Bakery. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that all started when we moved here as well, because um, I was working in construction. Um, Liz was doing food startups here as well. Yeah, I worked first as a private chef when we came back to town. We moved here, moved into my parents' house, looked for jobs and trying to find our way a little bit. Uh, but we knew, you want to go ahead, honey? 
Well, yeah. So I guess we, we had some downtime and, you know, I'm, I don't do good with downtime. I got to have some kind of project. So I started, you know, I'd always baked, but I started my sourdough, my ventures into sourdough then mm. um, and just started, you know, basically playing on the Internet, watching YouTube videos, Instagram, you know, videos and photos and just going, you know, oh, how are they doing that? Why are they doing it that way? You know, um, and then um we kind of put a pause on that and started um, other jobs. And I started working in construction here, um, worked out in Green Lake, building homes there. Um, and then, I don't know, I hope this isn't skipping ahead, but I I, uh, I didn't, I got to the point where I was just tired of working for other people. I don't, I don't, I do fine working for other people, but I don't enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, there's something about the pride of creating something and doing something yourself and, you know, whatnot. Um, but I didn't want to build million dollar homes for, you know, Chicagoites and Green Lake or whatever it may be. Um, you know, if something, if someone buys a million dollar home, they want it to be perfect, right? Well, it's, yeah, it's a million dollars. It's a million dollars, right? <laughs> and uh, I'll give you a hint. It's never perfect. It's never going to be perfect. No. Um, but so, so I wanted to work for myself. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I just wasn't interested in that. But, um, baking bread if someone doesn't like their loaf of bread you just give them another loaf of bread you know you can you can give them some brownies you can you know it's it's um the stakes aren't the same not that it's not important to do a good job at what you do but um yeah i don't know yeah it's, just it, it's different more, yeah i think i had mentioned too that we we knew we wanted to do something together when we came back to oshkosh um we weren't sure what that was, so we had looked around. There was a farm that we really fell in love with, and we thought, oh, maybe we can renovate the barn and make an event space, and we're dreamers. So we went down so many little paths and made a lot of spreadsheets and, and tried to figure out what the heck was next for us. And it's sort of ironic because I have a background in, in food, of course, and cooking, and I love creating things but i do not like baking man i don't like i don't like mornings <laughs> i don't like mornings i don't like measuring things i don't like setting timers i vouch for all those things <laughs> so, like so it's a really interesting place we've come to because certainly my background in startups is a good match for trent's delicious products but that's kind of how we landed is that trent was baking things and they were really delicious and there aren't a lot of bakeries around here that were making bread and pastries. So we kind of thought, huh, maybe we should dip our toes in this. And there's an awesome bill called the cottage food law here in Wisconsin, which allows you to bake and create certain things at home mm. that you can sell at the farmer's market. So you don't need to invest and jump into a commercial kitchen. You can dip your toes in the startup food world and see how it goes. Um, so that's what we did in 2018. Yeah, something right? like that. Mm -hmm. I don't Summer know. of 2018. You More said two years ago, it just all blends together. It just starts time. blending <laughs> together. <laughs> it was pre-pandemic, I can tell you that. Yeah. All right. That, okay, so like I'm super excited to get further into this conversation. Uh, just so we let the listeners know, there's some type of crazy buzzing happening. Uh, usually the uh, things that are happening have to do with Bosco, the podcast dog, but uh, not today because he, for whatever reason, is taking a big fat nap. And I think it has something to do with the treats that Liz gave him <laughs> prior to the podcast. Um, and just so we're clear, I want to say to everyone, um, they did bring treats. 
<laughs> yummy looking, delicious looking treats. So um, after this podcast, you know, I'm I'm going to be that guy that the next podcast, we're going to be shouting these out and talking about them. Yeah. Well, good. Please warm them up and don't get crumbs in your awesome <laughs> mixer board. Mixer board. Oh, yeah. No, no, <laughs> that won't be happening. I mean, th- they will be crummy. There's they crumbs everywhere. Uh-oh. My favorite thing is to do take that croissant and cut it open and make a breakfast sandwich with it. A little bacon, oh. eggs, some good cheese, some good local cheese. Let me just say, like, that's my weakness. Like, quality breakfast sandwich is by far my weakness. Eggs, bacon. If I can get a hash brown in there, too. Mm. Like, what are you talking about? That's like happiness. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Um. Well, you know what? We haven't even jumped in any segments yet, but we're about to now. This was good. Um, So the first segment is what in the world is going on with? That is where you start with the phrase what in the world is going on with, and you tell us what's on your mind. So uh, let's start with Liz. All right. What in the world is going on with fake meat? Whoa. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Let's hear it. Man, I I just think it's not worth it, people, right? So it is not good. It doesn't taste good. I tried it a couple of years ago. And now I just saw last week at the store that there's fake meat and everything. There's breakfast sausage. There's a ton of different brands diving into this. And if you look on the ingredients on that fake meat, it is not healthier and it is not more sustainable. And like I said, Whatever you eat should be delicious, and it looks nasty. And it's just, to get a little bit political, it's just big food giving us unhealthy crap again. It's one of those things, like, instead of fixing a problem, we just, like, make more problems to go around it, you know? Like, that doesn't fix our uh, problems with meat processors and big ag, you know? It just gives them money in a different way that makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of them are from soy or pea protein, which they're growing as a huge monocrop again, right? Not not bringing in diversity of um, different plants and, and farm diversity, but and it's just gross. So people just enjoy your hamburger. Think about where it's coming from. Maybe try and find some local sources here and there, but down with the fake meat, man. That's what we think. Have you had any? Uh, have I ever tried it? Yes. Was I... There's some of it that was just okay enough. Um, I've tried to make some. Mm. Um, That's and, cool. when, and here's what I'll say. Um, it, as respect to uh, uh, a vegan or vegetarian friend, I tried to cook some of this stuff. And um, since it doesn't really brown Mm-hmm. The same way meat browns, I never know. So I feel like I overcook it mm-hmm. or I'm probably feeding them a puck or <laughs> yeah, like I've, I'm not gifted in it. Um, now, I've had some that I thought was good enough, but then again, I was probably really hungry. And I'll, and I'll probably tell you what the, that was probably the impossible Whopper um, when it first came out. I think I had one of those. Um, but at the time that I ordered it, because I'm that dude. Uh, if it's on a commercial and they make it look yummy enough, I yeah. got to go. Um, and they probably had millions of dollars to put into the research to make that one in particular really yummy. So well, I don't doubt that it was. Yeah, it was It was okay. Uh, yeah. It wasn't bad, um, you know. And But I, at the end of the day, am about the good old trustee 
just just give me what you're supposed to give me. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I like my meat. Like, let's hamburgers, hot dogs, brats, all of those things. I'm just trying to, as I get older, moderate that a little better. Mm-hmm. Well, and vegetables are good. This isn't a dog on vegetables or on right. healthy food. It's like, I don't know. I kind of feel like whatever you do, make it really good. If you're going to eat a burger, eat a burger. If you want to eat vegetables, eat vegetables. There's a lot of really good ways to eat vegetables. They'll blow you, blow your, your mind. But to make vegetables into a burger, it's like, mm, just do one or the other. Especially weird vegetables with other chemicals in there. Well, know? yeah, the processed oils and all that is another thing. Uh, you guys are going hard. Look, I'm not going to lie. This was fantastic. <laughs> Can you just keep it 100 with us? Because that's what you just did. That, was, that went pretty, that was pretty honest. I love that. Okay, uh, Trent, what, what's on your, what in the world is going on with? I mean, it's kind of in the same, same realm, but I would say like, what's going on with our, our, our whole food systems, um, you know, it's um, I'm trying to think of how best to go about this. It's it's a, a a weird thing the way we we do where we grow thousands of chickens in a, a barn, you know, and then ship them all over the country or the world or, you know, um, I love the dairy industry here and I think it's great what we're what that we have it here. But then our, our shipping it to China and and some things like that, you know, I I wish we could. And I think this is part of the um, fake meat thing is uh, we always bring up local food and, and, you know, whether it's global warming or our, what, what's going on with Ukraine and, and all that, you know, and, yes. and the implications of bringing in um, um, fertilizers from Af- or from uh, Russia, you know, everything seems to get solved by just buying, you know, from, from your neighbors. Um, and I don't know how to fix that, <laughs> but it seems like a, a big problem that we have going on right now. I, I'm, I watch, uh, I mean, I, I watch a lot of little house on the prairie. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I, I do. <laughs> Me and my wife, we, we enjoy it quite a bit. And there's just something about that whole, old school honesty barter system grow your own stuff kind of thing mm-hmm. that that there's an appeal about it right yeah and and the way we do it it's it's comfortable but it's vulnerable too right, right. like like we're hearing that um you know pr- food pricing going up it's like well your garden is still your garden and uh you know your neighbors are still just you know bring, bringing things local the reliability of it is more you know what is going into your food um you don't have to rely on the government to tell you that this has been certified organic or this or that you're like yeah i know him he you know he feeds his his sheep you know our bread <laughs> problem solved you know things yeah, like that problem you know, solved you know? <laughs> i don't have to worry about you know what lenny is feeding his eggs because i've had his eggs and i've been to his farm and i know they're great shout out to lenny all right <laughs> that that is awesome yeah. and i agree um there's something about once food hits the realm of hardcore capitalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that i'm not for sure you know i just heard this statement um 
the other day that somebody said, and and I was blown away by it because I never thought about it. And they said, you know, um, the that that statement that everybody makes that you are what you eat, but they said it's it's not what it's not you are what you eat. It's what you are what you digest, because a lot of stuff that you're eating isn't real food. It's chemically processed. Um, it's it's edible. But it's not food. And it may, it gave me so much pause because mm-hmm. I thought about it as somebody who who has some some digestive issues. Um, I was like, whoa, okay, that made me rethink like I need to rethink how I eat. Um, no little Debbie, I'm not gonna give you all up. Um, <laughs> I'm hooked on you, little Debbie, but um <laughs> But nonetheless, I do need to be way more thoughtful about what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And the implications on your health, on, yes. on your mental health, especially in the winter here. And uh, I don't know, like uh, we had a, a few leftover cookies this week and I ate a, a few more cookies than I normally would. And my wrists are getting sore this weekend. You know, I, I can feel it on my body. I'm like... Trent, that's age, bro. That's just, <laughs> it it look, certainly is. Look, look, I'm just going to tell you right now. Now, I know you look fantastically young, <laughs> but not. as somebody who is, uh, I'd like to think that I'm maintaining my fantastically young look also, I will also tell you that the breaks hit in life at certain milestones. Mm-hmm. There's no, like 30 was like, but 40 sure. was like, right. <laughs> now that I'm getting closer to 50, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, and and that, you know, is even more reason why you have to kind of pay attention to that stuff. Absolutely. Because, you know, whenever you're 18 and, and you eat a, a cheeseburger and, and a milkshake doesn't make any difference to me or it didn't to me. But now, you know, on a daily basis, I can tell if the food I'm eating is nourishing my body or or it's just feels good <laughs> eating, it. you know, that mouth pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Another way. The thing I've said too that's along the lines of what you were saying, Timber, is food touches your insides. Mm. You know, food touches your insides, and along with your health, I think we should we should say what a way to impact your local food economy, not just your health, but those dollars are powerful. Dollars are sometimes feel like the only way we can have a voice in something. So, where you're putting those dollars is also really important, and we fully acknowledge and we know that local food costs more and hopefully we can dive into that a little bit more later, but yeah, food is a powerful thing. It brings people together. We're talking about food. We love food. Everybody eats it. It's one of the only things that are actually local. You know, like if I am buying, you know, some screws, I can buy them from Lowe's or I can buy them downtown. Um, and they're going to be more local if I buy them downtown, but the screws are still coming from somewhere across the world. But food local is truly local. Never thought about that, but you you are exactly right. Yeah. It's okay. as local as it gets. I guess that in paper around here, but cheese. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> well, that is food. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um wow, that went hard. That was fantastic. Okay. Um my what in the world is going on with uh and I'm just gonna have my geek moment here for a moment. What in the world is going on with the fact that you still can't get an Xbox Series X. Like, seriously, it's been out for a minute. I and saw it, that on your computer when we walked in. You were looking around for them. Yes. I'm trying <laughs> to look. I'm, I'm, yeah. Y'all know I'm a big old geek. And um, 
I was trying to. I'm trying to score me an Xbox. I'm trying to score one for actual retail cost. I'm not trying to catch the scalper right. on uh, on on Craigslist or the scalper that's sitting out there on Facebook Marketplace because they're they're getting me for an extra hundred, hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred. I'm just trying to catch me some retail and some tax um, so I can go on and get this Xbox X. So look, I don't know what's happening out there. Uh, I know there's a chip shortage. Um, but come on now. It's come been now. too long, right? It's been it's like been out a year, right? Yeah, it, it yeah. Actually, I think it came out it came out in 2020, so it might be like a year and a half or so. Hmm. So, I'm I'm just like um yeah, let's quit playing games, y'all. Uh us gamers, um you 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 can't do this to us. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the chip shortage. It is the chip shortage. But, it has uh, something to do with it. Demand. But I actually just think there's, well, but demand, I think there's a production game that's being played, Mm. right? Because here's what I think has happened in the past is the overproduction and saturation of certain systems. So then those systems hold no resale value, right? Because they are so heavy on the market Um, or because they were so popular. Like I think a system that that happened to in particular is like uh, the Wii. Now, any other Nintendo system has an amazing resale. Um, even NES, which was probably the most produced system, right? Um, but because of time and breakage and stuff. Um, but um, the Wii, that because everybody had a Wii. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a Wii. Yeah. I mean, it was just so innovative and so family-friendly, and everybody had a Wii. Like, you're not ever, I don't think the Wii will ever have value, value. Hmm. I don't know. I think I'd push back a little bit and say maybe it's um, the quality of the games that are on the system. Uh, NES had, you know, that was the origins of, I mean, not the actual origins of Mario Brothers, but pretty close, you know, and uh, pretty close. Firefox or was that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. There was a Firefox. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, the Wii has good games, Eh, you know. I guess. I is there any game that's on Wii that's not on like PlayStation or something else that's better? Wii Sports. Yeah. Wii Sports was like a fan. <laughs> I'm just saying, Wii Sports was like the game of games. Exactly. And 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 it's that like, whole series of the those actionable games where you get together with your family and mm-hmm. you fence together, play tennis together, baseball together, bowl together. I mean, that was just innovative in that like For sure. it didn't take you could put a controller in your grandma's hands, right? And mm-hmm. she could she could play the game mm-hmm. with you for a day or two. But you know, you take you know some of these new games and like you know some new Final Fantasy, and they've got like you know two hundred hours of playthrough time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. But grandma will never play with you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, right. but I do think there's a there's I you know now that I'm become a. a an, an older gamer, like simplicity is nice for me. For sure. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but you might be right. I, th- I mean, there's I mean, no wrong in that conversation. People are going back and finding like Final Fantasy VII and playing through them again. You know? Yeah. Because they're just such good old, you know, some of these old games are just so good. Yeah, I have them. 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that after podcast. You got to do that because <laughs> you can't get it on it, the new Xbox. It'd be yeah. good because otherwise I'm going to start falling asleep over here. <laughs> uh oh. Wait, did we geek out too hard? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this geeks. I mean, you know, when we when we get together, and I'm not I'm not trying to say Trent's a geek, <laughs> but he might be geek aligned. <laughs> I mean, anybody that uh, wasn't a geek before COVID. COVID definitely helps that a little bit. You know? A little bit. It's so much easier to yes. hang out with people and you just go into your living room and throw on some headphones. True. Whatever. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Um, next segment. We're jumping in. Um, word association. So I'm going to say a word and you tell me what comes to mind. And our first word, I feel like we talked about this, but <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't know where we're going to go next with this. So first word is food. Well, I, we've already touched on it, like you said, but I was going to say health. Mm. Health. Okay. I was just starting to think of different foods I'm hungry for. What came to mind? I don't know. Maybe some Pete's Garage. <sighs> Dude, I, I got a thing for Pete's Garage, and I don't go there a lot, but I will say I do have to give it the award of maybe the best bar food in, in the kosh. Yeah, they, it's it's fantastic. Ruby Owl is up there for me personally, but oh. they're both good. Well, Ruby Owl right now is my go to. Um, I won't quite call it the church and the church is the called the regular frequented uh, libations establishment. Mm. That is that is what we refer to as a church here. And uh, Cranky's was the church forever. Shout out to my Cranky's family out there. I miss y'all. Um <laughs> But uh, Ruby Isle right now, that is my go-to, too. And they do, they're just good. They're good. They're consistent. And they are. They are. Speaking of fake meat, I actually love their veggie burger. They have oh. a great veggie burger. Do there. they? Yeah. And I am not a vegetarian. I just. But it's not it. fake meat, right? It's a right. black bean burger or something uh, like I that, think right? It's garbanzo and some other things. Anyhow. But. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cocktail or beer? Cocktail. Totally cocktail. One of Trent's many craftsmen skills is in bartending. So he's our house bartender. Drink a lot of Manhattans. Well, I, I was really lucky before we opened our bakery. Um, Liz and I both worked for the Howard for for little times. And uh, I was a bar a manager there. Um, mm-hmm. And through a odd sort of circumstances, I ended up getting to go to the, um, what was that called? The um, Bartenders Guild. Um, There's some association of bartenders. They have a conference every year Mm. and it was in um twin cities and basically you go there and every day there's like um classes and then every day for a meal they give you they close down like one of the nicest restaurants in town give you a three-course meal matching cocktails with each course and a dessert cocktail and then go back to do more classes and that night they had another just stellar meal with with matching cocktails and they'd go to a bar afterwards and they'd have free cock, you know, it was just like just a cocktail just overload. And I learned so much and really fell in love with it a lot there. But, uh, man, I love cocktails. The the nuances (laughs) of them. I don't like, I don't like a lot of them. I just like a couple, but Oh man, I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay. And, and I take it you are a fan Liz of the uh, Manhattans that are served. Yes. Yes, yes, and we invested in some nice cocktail glasses oh, yeah. a couple Christmases ago and haven't broken any yet, so you know that we take great care in our cocktails. <laughs> yes. There's something to be said for that. Thing. It is a, it, it can become an art form. 
Oh yeah. And, and it's like all those little things, like a nice glass. You're like, yeah, just put the cocktail in a glass. Mm. No, no. A nice glass makes all the difference. A nice ice makes all the difference. Lots of stirring. I've learned a lot about the stirring from Trent. I mean, a lukewarm cocktail is not any good, right? No. But you get it nice and cold, stir it up real good. Yeah. You know, there's all these little things that really, you know, similar to bread. It's like the attention to detail. I'm always a big fan of attention to detail. Okay. I am going to announce at this time that I need to have a Trent cocktail. And this this must happen at some point in time. I don't know how I'm going to coax him into it, but um, you you have me as a fellow cocktail person. Ooh. So I I you know I love a good professional. Mm. You're good at what you do, mm. and there are certain people that are just really good at making great cocktails. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So all right that. I can't argue with none of that. That sounds fabulous. Can um, I do a quick shout out? While oh. I know you love them. I am going to shout out Will down at the Gibson. So the Gibson is a new yeah. spot downtown. He, that man knows how to make a, a good Manhattan as well. Yeah. Beautiful space. I know they're open on Thursday nights for beer hall. And then I think they've got some other hours during the weekend. But that would be a good spot to try out some cocktails. Oh, yes. Guess who was here last week? Yes, and let me tell you, uh, it has not been released as of this recording, but uh, that is an amazing episode. Mm. Is that because he brought cocktails? uh, No, he did not bring (laughs) cocktails, actually, but he did bring me um, a Big Willie-style beer, which was the beer created after him by... um, Oh, what is the brewery? I, I'm trying to think of on Main Street. Fifth Ward. Fifth Ward. Perfect. We love Big Fifth Willie Ward. style. And so, yes, I, I he brought two of those in. I served him cocktails. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm going to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, Fifth Ward is a great place. We, uh, we've been in close contact with them in our um, startup journey journey yeah and uh we uh we used to do a toasty tuesdays over there for a while where we'd uh make a little toast and an avocado or whatnot and sell it there and we have close bonds with those guys i hear amazing things about them and i'm i'm hoping to connect with them for an episode in the future so uh you know they can help make that happen they'd be good at that it would that might be an afternoon podcast (laughs) (laughs) might be appropriate we could just go do it there there you go yeah we're mobile um, streaming. Do you have anything about streaming? I wrote down Station Eleven. So we had HBO for a spell last Ooh, winter, right. and it was amazing, based on a book that I believe was released 2013 or something. But it is about a uh, global virus that kills off, I think, what 99% of humanity or something. And it was just eerie to watch it in our current times, but it was also really well done and believable. So you really invested in the circumstances that the characters were dealing with, such as, you know, going into an abandoned house that people died in and seeing what was left there. And yeah, it was really, really well done. We liked that a lot. And then one of those shows that afterwards, the next day you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, what would I do in that situation? You know, those oh, are, you know, it's a good show when you're thinking about it the next day. Most definitely. Uh, did it, 
have you reflected on it from the lens of the pandemic? Did it make you feel some kind of way? <laughs> Absolutely. I think the fragility of life for sure. Uh, but. And the vulnerability of mm-hmm. our society. You know, right. Like when the power goes out, you know, I, th- I think the show starts in Chicago um, and the power goes out and gets really cold in Chicago <laughs> in the yeah. winter with yeah. no power, even <laughs> if you're in a skyscraper. Yeah. Know, still gets cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think the, uh, I forgot, I forget what the, the generation that was born after this virus is called, but you know, there's a scene where one of these young people is talking to somebody about a smartphone and did it really have a map on it that showed you where you were going? And could you really find any information you needed? And just reflecting on the things we take for granted and how we know nothing about them. Like I couldn't fix the power grid or the internet or my car if, Shit went, stuff went down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's going to be listening, so I have to, good. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I will say that we try to keep it as uh, family friendly as possible. Yeah. Uh, we, do, we do do that. All right. Um, Trent. Um, I mean, not to, um, yeah, anyways, I would say podcasts. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time. Um when I'm working, it's a great way, um, in the middle of the night when we're baking. Um, I, I've learned so much through podcasts. I've learned about how I think about things, um, how to raise a son better, how to be a better employer, uh, employer. Um, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's so many ways to listen to someone talk about that's, that's so much smarter than me. Listen to them talk about things that um you could never do before you know i mean the internet has been great but something about podcasts have been even more revolutionary i mean like i like to listen to this guy eric weinstein he's just a brilliant brilliant person um and uh there's no way i would ever get to listen to him or even know who he is if it wasn't for podcast yeah uh, well uh, apparently i am a fan of podcasts also obviously yeah. and uh yes i fall in the same realm as you do um they I listen to quite a few and it's a quick learn, mm-hmm. you know, from hopefully and, and sometimes people are, and sometimes they're not, but usually almost always interesting experts, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm with you on the podcast. There's a, like a podcast for everything. And I just think that's the direction we're headed. Like anyone can make one. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't have to be informative, but it could be, it doesn't have to be funny, but it could be, um, as long as it's entertaining, right? You're good to go. I think there's an audience for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, shop local. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> we do it. We do it as much as we can, and we are willing to spend the extra money it takes. <clears throat> With the bakery, we try to shop local. We get our flour local. We get um, some of our flour. We well, do that's our best. True. That's true. Not all of our flour, Not but some of our flour. Of our flour. Um, we get our labels printed and designed. Here in town, again, similar to that screw comment, where is that paper and ink coming from? We don't know, but we know Marion down at DPI, and she knows how to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and our flour from Meadowlark, our cheese from Red Barn, you, know, you can go each little one, and um, I think it makes a big difference. You know. Yeah, insurance. Yeah. Everything, all the things all right. that we can. Uh, that's sweet. And usually they're all better, right? Better quality. 
Um, Better service. Maybe because there's an actual face behind it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, somebody like that person that's serving you that there's a good chance you're going to bump into them at the Roxy. No, (laughs) (laughs) and there's a relationship there, right? There's usually a relationship there. And I think um, that's kind of some of the stuff that I, where I felt like we've gotten away from uh, that technology has kind of made it um, put up. I don't want to say obstacles because I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, but the the instant gratification um, opportunities made by technology instead of just the old school, it may take a little more time. But those relationships are um, invaluable, um, and and doing doing that handshake, looking a person in their eye, and talking to people face to face. Like there's just nothing like that. And without getting too political, there's like a political aspect to it um, where, you know, say you want to get cheese local, there's a lot of laws in place to make sure that that cheese is healthy and that it um, it doesn't, you know. Safe. Make, yeah, safe, doesn't make you sick. But then there's a, a fine line between making sure everyone's safe and um, making it more va- more viable for um, a large manufacturer and less viable for a small manufacturer. Right. So there's, you know, even though it's, there's great intentions going there, everything has a, a side effect, you know, you want to make cheese safe. That's great. But you want to be able to also have, you know, a small cheese manufacturer. And sometimes those aren't, those don't both work and you can do that with everything, you know, especially with the meat, meat in this area, there's a lot of rules that, and, that play into that. And, um, it's a lot to think about, you know, food's complex. It's very complex. Pets. Trent came with a dog named Hygo Mm -hmm. and she had her birthday yesterday. She's seven. I never had dogs growing up. I had cats. And so I have now fallen in love with dogs and people warned us, once you have a baby, that dog is less important, and I'll tell you that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, huh? Poor Hygo, oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but, she, um, she was a great, great uh, um, companion in my running days. In fact, I got her. I, I was living in that uh, on that land by myself in a an off the grid cabin, um, very lonely, and uh, she was a great companion to to run with and explore in the mountains with, uh, you know, there's something special about a dog off the leash in a forest running around, you know, uh, you're like, where's that dog? Where's that dog? And all of a sudden she comes by with the leg of a deer and you're like, where did you find that? You know, uh, <laughs> you didn't say dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to show you. She's like, look what I found. Look what I found. Oh yeah. Well, and then, uh, I joke that I ruined Hygo's life when Trent and she moved to Santa Fe, but my quick story about, Hygo in Santa Fe was we lived a couple miles from the farmer's market, which is in the rail yard district. It's a beautiful farmer's market that has a covered area for folks to pull up. So if it's raining, it's just as a vendor, I look at that now and I'm thinking, oh, what a dream setup. Uh, But a really, you know, famous farmer's market in Santa Fe. And I would go there every Saturday. And oftentimes I would drive because I'd bring Hygo and then we'd go to the dog park afterwards because, you know, she went from forest life to on the leash, you know, not running 30 miles every weekend. So there was a Saturday in the winter that our friends had come over Friday night before. We had this cool gate that was a little temperamental. If you didn't shut it just right, it was open. 
and we got uh, some snow in Santa Fe, which it does snow in Santa Fe. A lot of people think about the Southwest and don't realize, oh man, they have winter too and mountains and yada, yada. So nonetheless, my friends hadn't closed the gate properly. It had snowed that night and Tygo woke us up really early and we just, you know, let her outside, went back to bed and we had a gated yard. Um, and all of a sudden Trent about an hour later gets a call on his phone with a strange number and we ignore it. And then he picks up that second call and sure enough, there was a woman. She said, Hey, you know, this is so-and-so from the Santa Fe farmer's market. We have your dog here. Oh. And our dog had gotten out and we could see some of her tracks. She'd gone to all the neighbors' houses. Um, and then at some point, you know, we lost track of how she got to the market. But she had crossed some railroad tracks, uh, a couple large intersections. And she just must have figured, oh, you know, mom's going to come here Saturday. I'll just meet her at the farmer's market. <laughs> so what a crazy, crazy dog. Yeah. Smart dog. Well, yeah, that's brilliant, actually. <laughs> I mean, it, it, didn't run away and just was like, oh, well, you know, she they, comes here all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. impressive because in Santa Fe, if a dog's walking down the street, someone's going to pick it up like right yeah. away. Like she got out a couple of times, never made it more than a block before someone grabbed her and, and called us, you know. So it was impressive that she made it all the way there without someone snatching her up. She probably looked enough like a wolf. They just left her alone, maybe. <laughs> oh, she's a husky. Oh, OK. <laughs> that would do it. Um, community. Community, we all need it. Um, I think that I feel like we've really built and found our community here. It takes a few years, and I had never lived anywhere longer than three years until we moved back here after, you know, since high school. So um, it feels good that we have folks. Here's another shout out um, our friends, um, the Holmgrens. The Holmgrens who are watching our baby today because our childcare fell through this morning, and we call them up and hey, can you guys watch our kid? Yeah, no problem. Bring him over. Um, so that's the kind of community that, more importantly than the cool restaurants or um, the other fun activities you find, those people that you rely on and you can love and they love you, that's what community feels like to me. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I agree. And, you know, they, like the home grins specifically, you know, community doesn't mean someone to go get a beer with. I mean, it does, but it also means people that can help you out um, even though you haven't hung out with them in a while, you know, I mean, for us, we hardly have time to go spend time with the people we care about and it's unfortunate, but, um, we still care about them and, um, we're still in each other's lives and, and the part that the way that matters. Agreed. Um, yeah, that is community. Uh, shout out to the home grins. Mm -hmm. um, I want to send a shout out to my neighbors across the street, uh, Gwen and Mike, because, you know, that's my community uh, here in the neighborhood there. They look out all the time. They're pretty amazing. Okay. Awesome. Leftover baked goods helps make good community too. <laughs> Anytime oh. we have leftovers, the neighbors get them. Then when we get snow and I'm out baking, then they come over and help shovel. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. that is, I can only imagine the level of uh, currency that bakery is. <laughs> That's I, you know, like I, I used to tease and joke all the time, uh, but I was really stating facts. Like you can get you can get a garage built with a keg of beer in Wisconsin. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like a Saturday, say like I've got a keg. Uh, bring your power tools. Come on over, and I'll barbecue for you. And literally, you could get a 
a garage constructed if you've got enough handy friends, right? And yeah. so I can only imagine what baked goods can do. I'll have to test that. Their coming upcoming project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair oh. enough. Okay. Next segment. One, uh, my, one of my favorites of yours. Oh, you like this? Yes. Segment? Okay. Next segment is the Kosh Hidden Gems. Um, this is your opportunity to tell us about something around um, the Fox Cities area and the Kosh here um, that no one knows about, or maybe they do know about it, but they might not know certain aspects about it. Hmm. I forgot that it's Fox Cities. Well, it can be. Well, I was going to give a, sh- a sh- um, shout out to the Oshkosh Mediterranean Market. I know it's shocking, but it's a food store, and uh, it is over on the corner of um, Bowen and Murdoch, kind of near that uh, bowling alley that's there. Oh, I totally know what you're talking yeah. about. I've never gone in there, yeah. uh, but it used to be an insurance place for Did a it? long time. Okay. Yeah, I think it was a state farm agent there. Okay. Great um, pita bread that they make and bake fresh every day. They have a little oven in there, and really interesting spices and just things that might switch up your normal cooking a little bit and yeah unique offerings friendly people mm-hmm. love it okay that's that's a new gem so okay cash listeners you might want to check that one out yeah and they're open all the time they're open i think until seven or eight at night seven days a week or something like, how are you making any money they're going strong they're going strong it seems it seems yeah. you never know but that's mine Mine would be, and it doesn't seem that hidden, but um, right now um, the the lake is frozen, and you know that's not that hidden. People go out on the lake uh, in their trucks and and go fishing and whatnot. But I've had so much fun out on the lake. We uh, we don't live too far from the lake. We're not on the lake, but we're we're close enough to walk. Um, and man, we go out there with the dog, and the dog runs around. Um, go out there with cross country skis if the snow is right, and go explore. Um, I got a, a fat bike. Um, with studded tires and that's like in the summer you have to go somewhere to go hiking um but um in the winter we just go out on the lake and try not to fall down and we have so much fun out there mm-hmm. all the little <laughs> inlets and the rivers and we go down to the jesuit retreat and explore down there oh. and, you know it's kind of it's one of those things um it's a different view of the the area that you don't get to see walk okay. out on the lake and go now where did i come from how do i get back <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that scares the jeeves out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, me, me, and um, I've got this philosophy. Like, I'm not gonna pretend as if uh, I've lived in Oshkosh forever. So, of course, someone has coaxed me into going out on the lake at some point in time. But uh, I'm gonna leave water walking to uh, those who are uh, biblical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is if you're walking out there and you're walking on a path where a car has been, you're probably not going to fall through. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. That's a that's a very good call. But going out there in a car, that's another thing. Yeah, I've made that mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we won't even get into that. Um, yeah. Uh, due to the fact that actually you can get out there from the end here. Right. Yeah. That's just one of those things. All right. Um, next segment. Uh, what does the Kosh need? I think the Kosh needs a hot springs. So I don't, I don't even know <laughs> what, what to that? do with that. Yeah. So, you know, um, in New Mexico and in Colorado, hot springs are the thing like, um, yeah. 
but they're actually springs coming out of the ground. Not always, but mostly. Um, but some a lot of places call themselves a hot springs. It's just kind of like a hot tub, but right. like a public facility. Um, sometimes they serve alcohol too. I'm just thinking, you know, when it's 20, to 20 below here, you know, you go somewhere, you get a beer, sit in a hot springs, you got the steam going up, you have some community. Personally, I'd spend some money there. Mm-hmm. Mm, that, 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 yeah, I have nothing for that, but I think it's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly a seasonal business, but um, I agree. The other thing I was going to say is more farmers. So... The farmer's market is a wonderful place, one of my favorite places to visit in the summer, but we could use more people growing more vegetables, and it is a hard thing. You know, people have been growing food for thousands of years, but we need more farmers and more people growing food for our community to help strengthen the food economy. We've touched on this a lot during this podcast, but also just in terms of wholesale. So if you think about if you grow a beautiful heirloom tomato and you can get Four bucks for it at the farmer's market, that's where you're going to sell it. You're probably not going to wholesale it to Thunderbird Bakery or to the Oshkosh Food Co-op because you're not getting your full dollar for it, right? So a lot of these farmers have just, they grow everything they can with the labor and the resources they can. So these wholesale markets uh, are wanting more product and it's just not there yet. Maybe I'm missing the farmers, but if you do, Come our way. Um, and the farmers we know, they sell all they, mm-hmm. all they can grow. Yeah. I just had, we're working on an onion, cheddar onion bread, and I had texted Tracy from Olden Organics this week. Hey, Tracy, do you have any onions left? You know, it's a storage crop, right? So they've stored carrots and root vegetables and onions, um, but they're out, right? So they, they have a ton of acreage out there, and they're crushing it, but still not filling the demand. Right. And if they're out of onions now, it's going to be a while till they get them. Right. Right. (laughs) Because they're not growing them right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's, I like that. That's actually a really good need. Some more farmers. Maybe get rid of some corn and start with more onions. (laughs) Just an idea. Just an idea. Do you think we got too much corn? You know, I don't know. I just, when I see a field of corn, it might as well be a field of uh, oil derricks or, you know, it just, it's so unnatural. It's bad for the environment. Um all the chemicals that are involved to make that happen, um, all the wildlife that gets displaced when you have a big field of corn, to have um, a multi diverse, uh, yeah, diverse mm-hmm. crop, so so valuable for this mm-hmm. area. Not area. not to say that we don't understand the difficulty of family farms in Wisconsin and how there mm-hmm. wasn't much choice in having to convert to large commodity. Um, and it's subsidized, right? We know it's a really complicated issue. Doesn't mean we which goes back know to the, the political aspect of local versus not, and and right. how law rules or laws that they're supposed to help kind of have adverse side effects that create monocultured stuff. That's deep. Um, that makes sense. And yeah, there was just a point. It feels and and here's what I'm going to plead. I'm going to plead ignorance. I'm going to plead ignorance on my part. Um, I probably know what I've been told, but have not done my own research on. And it just seemed like there came a point with farms where unless you were this huge corporate farm, there was, it wasn't profitable anymore. And that's what you kind of hear. And I don't know if that narrative is true, true, or if that's the narrative that's being fed and therefore 
people have strayed away from it or have gotten out of the business um, because of it. I don't know what I don't know, basically, about farming. Mm -hmm. But I know the importance of it, hands down. Yeah. There's certainly truth to that. It's going to be interesting to watch what happens in our lifetime with uh, the food economy. And that's my master's is in sustainable food systems. It was a new program in Montana, and that was already gosh, almost 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but uh, I only had two years of studying the U.S. food system, and it is ever-evolving and ever-changing, and we all have a lot to learn still. I know I do. Mm-hmm. All right. Next <clears throat> segment, uh, the Naughty Slash Heroes Corner. This is your opportunity to nominate someone, something, a thing, uh, organization, whatever you choose to the Naughty or Heroes Corner, so... Uh, we'll start with Trent, you this time, and uh, what, what's what do you got? Um, this one's kind of hard for me, but I would say today, I'd say maybe I just nominate um, all the snowplow people out there that help keep this city running still. Oh, wait, are those the heroes? Or the- <laughs> <laughs> I would say they're the heroes. You know, I, from Texas, if it was snow, like I remember one time I was in, in Lubbock, Texas, that's where I'm from. Um, it snowed like four inches, and that town was shut down for a week. Oh, yeah. Not even kidding, because they have zero snow plows. Right. All they had is like tractors, front-end loaders. They're not ready. They're not ready. So, um, you know, obviously there's complications to all that and uh, reliability and, and, and whatnot. Um, Mailboxes getting taken out. Yeah, all that. Um, but we want to be doing what we're doing without them, so shout out to them. I want to, I want a hey, uh, snowplow people. I just want you to know, I think you're a hero too, except for when you come through and you fill up the driveway that I just plowed out. Other than that, though, <laughs> know that I send you blessings. <laughs> All right, Liz, what do you got? Oh, uh, heroes. So this will transition us perhaps into the next segment, but heroes, I want to give a shout out also to some public workers at the Oshkosh Public Library. Mm. The. Second floor research humans are amazing. So we are uh, looking at purchasing a building in Oshkosh, which is exciting for our business. And I love Oshkosh history. So anytime I'm researching or working or curious about an old building, you go to the library and certainly the resources are there for you to look up things yourself. But these men and women will work their butts off and send you the best information for free. Facts. Facts. I mean, things that you didn't know to look for and pictures and very well done, no grammatical mistakes. How can how can you beat that, right? You can't. And people don't understand. Well, a lot of people don't know librarians will do that for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in college, you know. Well, actually, in college, they don't tell you that until grad school. <laughs> undergrad, they don't tell you that a librarian will help. Actually, I don't even know if the librarian will help in undergrad. But graduate school, for sure. But, I mean, yes, your public library, like, they're a and they're a wealth of knowledge. Let me just say that the one time that I've ever sat on a trivia team for a big trivia competition and we actually won, there was a librarian on my team because they know things. Yes, yes. They so. are. I love that shout out. Uh, Shout out to the libraries and the librarians (laughs) all across 
the actually the northeast region because there's just great libraries all across here. Beautiful buildings too. A lot of times, great resource for kids' books. Oh yes, our son loves pulling all the books off the shelf he can reach. Oh, putting it back on. You know, a book gets old after you've read it ten times in one morning. Oh no, it doesn't. <laughs> Not if you're young. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that book can be read a thousand. Maybe times. better that way. It might be. Okay. Well, we are at that time of you know that means that it is now topic of the week time um okay so we're going to jump into our topic of the week and our topic of the week is uh, you know i was trying to we are loving the ability to share about our business thunderbird bakery we have an exciting thing to share which i've alluded to a bit with our retail store um but i think for our listeners i'll just give a quick synopsis of the last few years and tell you where we're headed does that sound like a good idea trent sure okay so (laughs) trent started baking for fun at home as we'd mentioned and he came across a wood fire oven kit that someone gifted to us very generously. So there was this kit of bricks that he put together and built a wood fire oven in our driveway. He welded the base, he welded this beautiful covering. And so he started baking about 40 loaves of bread every Friday night, late into the night, and some galettes, which are our little hand pies. And that was how we first started. And cinnamon rolls. Eventually you got to the cinnamon rolls. We didn't do those first. Yes. We're sorry that we didn't have a cinnamon roll for you because that's our number one seller. Is it? They're delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh. I think a quarter of our business, over a quarter of our business is cinnamon rolls. We will talk. I I, I do not want to be deprived. (laughs) Cocktails and cinnamon rolls. That's what we need next. (laughs) Facts. Manhattan's Um, and cinnamon rolls. Yes. So that first summer, uh, we were testing out the market and it went really well and people were digging our stuff. We were still... We're still learning, um, but we were seeing, you know, hey, will folks pay six bucks for a loaf of bread? And how many can we sell? And some wouldn't. And then they would stop by every week for a month and they go, all right, I'll try it, but it's too much. And then now they are they buy a loaf every week. Yeah. Um, a lot. And anyway, so yeah, that first summer went really well. And after a lot of convincing, Trent finally convinced me to write the business plan and dive in and get some financing for us to build our own kitchen. And that allowed us to sell at other places other than the farmer's market and to wholesale. So we um, are licensed through the state and we wholesale to other businesses. So the way that worked was we got a grant and some funding from Greater Oshkosh Economic Development Corporation. That would be another big shout out. Um, and the, we, one of the reasons we were able to do that is because we positioned ourselves as a food manufacturer. So we built this kitchen. It is on Plainview Drive, south of Oshkosh. So if you know where the Highway 26 exit is, if you're heading to, uh, Rosendale, you exit there where Plainview Truck Stop used to be. I think it's renamed now. And you had south on that frontage road there. Okay. Um, Bar Inc. has some storage units and then this commercial space so our kitchen is in there Trent found that space and we got licensed at the end of 2019 and opened that up 
Just, just in time for the world to shut down. Right. <laughs> um, but the last couple of years have been really awesome for us. We have uh, probably over 15, 20 wholesale customers throughout the Fox Valley. Yeah, something like that. And we've continued to sell at farmer's markets. And even before COVID started, we had an online ordering with home delivery and pickup every Thursday. So that's kind of been our business model. And we have... We're so grateful for all the support, but we recognize that, hey, not everybody wants to, you know, order online or not everyone goes to the farmer's market and, hey, I just want to walk in someplace and smell the bakery and pick out whatever I want. I want to see what looks good. And right now we are open on Saturdays at our retail kitchen, but it's a drive and we make what we can, but you never know what we'll have left over, right? So um, probably over a year now. Two years, probably, we've been looking at different buildings around Oshkosh. Do you want to take over now? I'm talking a lot. Uh, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was such a couple moment. <laughs> well, you know, whenever you're building out a, a, a bakery, it's very different than, um, than a, like a, a kitchen and a bar or whatnot. Um, if you build out a kitchen and you decide to do something different, um, you can sell it to someone else that wants to cook burgers in that kitchen or, or whatever, not to oversimplify it, but a bakery is obviously very different. The ovens are much larger. The mixers are very large, much larger. The space you need is larger. Um, the fridge, you know, it's just all a big deal. So we looked and looked at different buildings and there's so many good options in this town. And in fact, if there is something that's a hidden, not so hidden gym around, it's the, 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 um, architecture in this city is just amazing uh, looking at buildings we found these buildings with tunnels under them under oh yeah them. there's oh. a tunnel system yeah the stories behind all that is just so cool um but in the end we decided we wanted to to, to own a building if we're going to spend a quarter million dollars on a kitchen to you know build in it um so we we looked and looked and looked and we finally found a place. Are we going to say where the place is? I, I would love think. to, but I we need to close on it. We haven't officially <laughs> closed on it, but we've been working and working. We worked with GoEDC again mm -hmm. um, with some local banks, and um, it looks like we're finally, you know, we're just... That's the thing with working with banks. You, it's like, okay, we're a week out. Well, that was months ago. You know? <laughs> Every time you think you're just about there, there's something else you need. Right. Um, but all with the goal of having a place where you can come in, sit down, buy a cup of coffee, eat a warm cinnamon roll, maybe a breakfast sandwich, maybe a lunch sandwich. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, nothing's more frustrating than owning a bakery in town and then being out in public and hearing over here someone go, man, we really need a bakery in this town. Like, we have one. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's not what you would expect when you think of a bakery. So right. we're excited to, to change that. I think uh, Oshkosh has that old Shane Burgers mm -hmm. feel. Um, we have their tables, actually. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Shane Burgers. Actually, my wife used to fry donuts for them. Ooh. And, and which she says is the best job really? she ever had. And she loved that family. She absolutely loved working for them. And so big shout out to them. They, they were in it for a long, long time. And they right. had yummy, yummy treats. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what people ask us for the most is danishes and donuts oh yeah so oh, any yeah. people out there want to open a donut shop you go for it because there's a demand there's yeah. a demand huh? Yeah. a whole set different set of equipment than to build to make croissants and sourdough bread but um maybe someday there's a donut in our future well 
maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Who you knows? know, you know, we'll it see. can go either way. Okay, so can I at least ask this? Yeah. Um, are is this possible location somewhere in the cash? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So everyone wants us to be downtown, which to us says Main Street. It's not on Main Street, yeah. but it's not far from Main Street. And I'll say, right. and it's not in a strip mall. It's not in a strip which mall. was important to us. Yes. The building was built in 1918. Okay. And it's a south side location. Okay. But it's in the cash. But it's in the cash. Yes. Okay. Yes. It was important for us to to have a historic uh inspiring space but also to be in a neighborhood because revitalizing these neighborhoods is uh important, I think. And it is. There used to be a baker and a butcher and a grocery store and a lot of different spots. And so many corners. And I think it's fascinating to still see some of those places. Um, some are still commercial spaces, but so many of them have been transformed to, to houses. But can you just imagine having some of those spots back around here that you can walk to? Um, that feels very romantic. And I hope it happens. <laughs> I think there's something for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have really fallen in love with uh, downtown Appleton right now on College Ave, mm-hmm. where you can kind of walk to just so many different experiences. Yeah, it would be great. Um, I mean, Oshkosh, we're doing things. We are. The Kosh is being is transformative right now. Where the direction we're headed, I love everything about the thoughtfulness that's being placed in um, the new businesses that are being brought in, the new living and uh, living spaces and options. Um, but we still got lots of opportunities, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. The more things we can have like that, like I love a great coffee shop. I love a great bakery coffee shop even better. Yes. <laughs> that would yes. be fabulous. Well, we're excited, and there should be some space for a, a patio. And so, Ooh. you know, in July you can come, and I don't think we'll have a liquor license, but maybe you can have a something cold outside with a – Cinnamon roll, too. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So it's in the works. A lot of people have been asking us for a couple of years, are you ever going to open a retail space? And um, we are. We've taken our time a little bit. We had a really busy year with having a baby and having a really busy bakery as it is. But uh, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of deciding if, if more debt is what is right for our family. So <laughs> it does not come without risk, right? Right, correct. Correct. Yeah. So there's yeah. something to be said for that. Well, um, you know, and I I think when people ask those things, there's this really loving intent behind it, but then more importantly, don't just ask, patronize. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, it's yep. a big deal. You know, that's that's really what I would say, and I would I would like to encourage the Kosh listeners out there is, you know, um, when we have great businesses and great products, great business ideas and things that are local like that, it is, once again, so important that we not only support them, um, we need to support them with our dollars monetarily, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, more than just saying really kind things. <laughs> agreed. Yes, agreed, agreed. And there's reasons why local things cost a little bit more, and we think it's worth it. Um, one of the great statistics I learned in graduate school is that in the, in the turn of the century, we spent a quarter of our income on food. So 25% of our income 
as Americans in the turn of the century, and I'm talking 1900, was spent on food. Now it's less than 10%, and half of that is on food outside the home. So think about how that shift has happened, and think about who's getting those dollars when you're eating outside your food, outside your home, um, and the implications on our economy and your health. And that's just fascinating to me. And when you spend those mo- that money locally, it may be a little bit higher, um, but the people you're giving it to, they're spending that money locally. Mm-hmm. Right. And it all comes around and it, it's beneficial for everyone. It's not, um, it's not easy to see always, but um, it's so valuable. Big time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what else? What else do we have? I think Trent should talk about how he learned to bake. Well, yeah, I was and what sourdough is because not everyone knows what true sourdough. No, I I do I do think that is a big big topic. Um, Mm -hmm. Not everyone knows what true sourdough is or what that process is that goes into it. Mm -hmm. I had my first sourdough snickerdoodle, not that long ago, and I. You know, first of all, I love a great snookadoodle. Right. But that sourdough snookadoodle, woo! Some flavor in there, huh? That was amazing. And mm-hmm. I didn't know. Like, I I just was like, oh, it's going to be a great snookadoodle. No, it was the best snookadoodle I've ever yeah. had. It was kind of. And maybe a little maybe a little easier to digest, too, because perhaps. of that sourdough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so sourdough is a, a fermented food. Um you know, there once was a time when uh, fermenting food was the way we kept it around, right? Um, so basically what we do is we take natural bacteria that's in the air and that's on the flour itself and we um, we ferment it. Um, we feed it more flour, eats the sugars off the flour, and um, the, the byproduct is an acid, and that acid has a sour taste. So... Um, that's where we get the name sourdough. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that things are leavened. So before commercial yeast, things were leavened through sourdough. We've read that immigrants brought their sourdough starters with them on like their trip to America. In a sock in their pocket yeah, and something. things like that. Because the thing is, when you have a sourdough starter, um, if you don't feed it for a while, it gets hard and dry. Um, but then it can come back to life, um, like like a lot of things. Um, yeah, so, well, and on that same note, I learned a lot I know about sourdough um, from cookbooks, from YouTube videos, from things like that. And I've always been amazed at how, you know, education is one of those things where you can go to university and you can learn a lot of things. And there's a lot of super valuable information to learn from a university or from professional educators. Um, But we're in an era where you can, education isn't so cut and dry, right? So. I learned a lot of this from some of the best sourdough bakers in the world, you know, they make videos and, and educate about that. Um, but yeah, so we, everything we bake is sourdough. Um, we have a sourdough starter that was originally, um, we got it from a bakery in Montana where I, uh, staged at for a little while. And, uh, on the education front, you know, learning from other bakers is invaluable, a hands-on techno or uh, knowledge. Um, and then they got their starter from France originally. So we don't really know how old this starter is, but we know it's very, very old. Um, and, um, so we keep it going and, um, yeah, it feeds the leavening aspect of everything we do. We, we have sourdough croissants, um, 
obviously sourdough bread. Um, some things we have don't have start aren't leavened, but yeah. And I would say not all those things are sour tasting, yeah. right? So traditional French, some traditional, most traditional French bakeries put a little bit of sourdough into their pastries for the flavor. So someone might say, oh, you have sourdough cinnamon rolls. I don't really like sour things, but they don't taste sour. Some of our breads have a nice sour flavor, but it's mostly for that flavor. Well, and so where I was speaking earlier about um, the the byproduct of the bacteria eating that and that being the sour part, um, as you feed it, you can flush out that sourdough. So, um, you know, you have your flour and water that you mix together with your starter and, and it, it grows, you know, you can watch it grow and get bigger. And then eventually it gets to the point where it eats off all those sugars and then it starts to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you can wait for it to collapse all the way down and then you can make your loaf of bread with it. And what that basically means is there's a lot of bacteria digestion going on. So then it's very sour. But if you catch it at the very peak of that growth, then um, you, you can you can limit the amount of that uh, byproduct that you have. And by th- so th- there's this whole scheduling thing of how you feed it, when you feed it, the temperature that it is, you know, talk about going the weather. In. Yeah, the weather, the humidity. Um, what kind of flour you're using. I mean, all these things go into it, um, but you can affect how sour or not sour it is, how much it grows, all that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty, it goes deep. You can yeah, go I was going to say, whoa, that's deep, deep. And of course, used to, that's how we made all of our bread. You know, that's the only way to do it because we didn't have instant yeast. That came around in, the, it, commercial yeast came around in France, I think in the 1800s. I'm not sure. I've I've read it in a book somewhere, but I don't remember. And that's why we always need 48 hour notice for our orders. So you can't Mm -hmm. just pop in and say, well, can you just make more bread? Well, it takes a day to make the, you know, feed the starter and mix the dough and let it ferment overnight. And so um, that's personally why I think it also tastes so good. So, and that's why it um, is a little easier to digest because, you know, a quick bread, you mix the flour and the water and the yeast and you mix it together, let it sit for half an hour and you bake it off. But with sourdough, you're mixing that flour and water and starter together for four or five hours and then you're shaping it and then it's going to proof for another four or five hours. At, at minimum, we do ours overnight um, at a colder temperature. Um, so it has time for the flour and the water to do its thing and to all the, all the flavors to come out of the flour. Um, so you get a lot more nuance to the flavor and the nuttiness of the, the flowers and, and whatnot, um, which is huge. Yeah. I know it's deep. You're a sourdough Jedi. <laughs> in, in training, yes. in, in training, yeah. Uh, you're a Jedi. You're always in training. Mm, I yes. think, right? I think so. I think so. I think that's how that works. If anyone would like some of our starter too, we're happy to share. So there's some uh, home bakers around here that bake their own bread, which is awesome. And so we're happy to share. We've done that before. Oh wait, because um, culture making your own culture is difficult, especially right now when. You know what, my cool. boss, my boss is getting into sourdough baking. So if mm-hmm. I, you know, I might have to holler at y'all. Yeah. I mean, there's something about a starter that has, it has a, a memory to it. You know, um, if you're used to feeding it once a day, then it's used to eating once a day. If you're used to feeding it twice a day, 
it's used to eating twice a day, so on. Um, and so, I mean, this bacteria has been been eating flour specifically for decades. And so it's really good at doing that. Um, yeah. So it's better. Whereas a new starter, you can start a new starter and it'll work, but it, it's not going to ha- give you the rise that an old starter would. I learned something today too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. And at the same note, you know, we have a starter that we make our regular bread with, and then we have another starter that we use for rye. That's just use, it's good at eating rye flour. So we only feed it rye flour. So there's different starters for different things mm-hmm. in yeah. some cases. You could use the same starter for everything, but, but the fact that we use different ones mean they're better at their job. Here's training them like you would train, you know a bunch of ants to do something or something. I don't know. (laughs) One of the bakers that I staged with, he was a funny guy with kind of a a dry humor. He would say, you know, I like to think that like I'm growing this society of bacteria and I'm creating the the perfect environment for them to grow and flourish. And then I throw them in an oven and I burn them all. (laughs) 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 Dude, you're going to die. That was the, you know, I I didn't know where we were going with that. And then we took that turn. And (laughs) At four or five in the morning, you're like, oh, this is a little deep for me right now. Yes. I, that, that is awesome, actually. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and so stage is, in the restaurant world, the word for sort of an unpaid internship. So you can call somebody up who you admire or think does a really good job and be like, hey, can I just come work in your kitchen for a few days? And if you're lucky, they say yes. So it works better if it's not like, hey, uh, I want to start a bakery in the same town as your bakery. Can, can I stage with you? That doesn't work as well. But yeah, that, I mean, you know, people have asked us. You go there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bruh. Seriously. Just one. Just one. Just one. Yeah. Okay. Very sweet guy. But um, yeah, so there was a place I worked at in graduate school in Bozeman, Montana. Shout out to the Blackbird Kitchen. Uh, one of the best places I've ever eaten and worked at. And they do amazing bread for their menu. And so they were really happy to welcome Trent for a few days. Also wood fire. So that was a nice thing to learn in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys, y'all are in Bozeman, Montana, check out the Blackbird Kitchen. Some of the best pizza ever. Mm. And they cook everything in their wood fire oven. But mm. onwards. Yeah, pizza, steaks, bread, all of it. Yeah, that sounds um, yummy, but I'm not going to lie. Uh, me and uh, the idea of going to Montana, I, I just haven't figured out a why yet. <laughs> oh, man, Yellowstone National Park. Do you like sitting in your car and looking at cool things from the window? Um, not uh, not naturally built like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, then there's, there's, the world's place. a big place, you know? <laughs> the world is Montana a big place. might be in your next life. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's out of the, out of the picture, um, you know, but I, I, I'm a person and I'm going to put this as, uh, honestly as I can put it, I'm not a trendsetter. So no. what I don't want to do is I've yet to seen a Montana picture with the black person in it. Uh. And so, um, <laughs> when that happens, maybe I will consider my visitation to Montana, but until that happens, um. Uh, Nope, not gonna be me. I'm not gonna not gonna set well, that trend. Maybe you'll find yourself needing to go to like Portland or Seattle and just stop on through on the way there. Yeah, or let's like go to Blackbird and eat some pizza, you know, and just wave at the lines of cars getting into Yellowstone. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad idea. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, 
anything else? Anything else you'd like to add? Hmm. Thunderbirdbakery.com. Great place to learn about what we're making. Where you can get it. Where you can get it. How to order online. Wait, let's talk about those options real quickly. So there, there's a website. Yes. You can order online. Yes, 48 hours notice. 48 hours notice. That's the tricky thing. This online ordering is not like Amazon where you can just order any time and it shows up the next day. So right. we have a certain day that you can get your order. That's on Thursdays. Okay. So you, for over 20 bucks, we deliver to the Oshkosh and Nina areas. Okay. Any amount... Of the order, you can pick up at our kitchen on Thursday. Okay. So those happen between 3 and 6 p.m. on Thursday. You need to order by 8 a.m. on Tuesdays so that we can do that whole thing that Trent just explained to us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we sell several types of sourdough breads. All of our breads are sourdough. A variety of yummy laminated pastries, which means layered um, butter and dough that's found in you know croissants and all that flaky goodness. Some cookies, um, brownies, brownies, little hand pies, that sort of thing. We also uh, occasionally have local eggs and some other local products that we love that we want to help support other farmers. And man, if you've had a local egg on your breakfast sandwich, you know what we're talking about. Facts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some seasonal treats like uh, the bread pudding we have during Christmas and and the holiday Mm -hmm. season. But so you, you can also get our stuff on Saturday mornings from eight to noon. At our kitchen. At our kitchen. Through May only till that beautiful farmer's market starts. And then farmer's market is huge for us. All right. And then on the website, you can also find a list of wholesale customers, um, mostly cafes, um, Wagner Market, the co-op, some places Mm -hmm. like that. Poco Pizza in Van Dyne. He would be awesome for you to have on here. He's in the area. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Sean Mm -hmm. at Poco Pizza. Yeah. Um, And that website again is? Thunderbird bakery.com okay we will make sure that we have a link to that in the podcast description so um we want to make sure that we pub yeah cool all right i think we i think we have uh it's that time where we start wrapping things up i think amazing oh yeah so um, once again, uh, Kosh uh, listeners, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time. You already know we are a work in progress. We are always trying to get better. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know what you think. Um, looking for feedback. We're trying to get better at this. Um, things we want to try in the future. I'm hoping for sponsorships. So I'm hoping we can get some sponsors. We're going to give uh, the first first. Uh, businesses organizations or whatnot that contact me where this is free we're doing free sponsorships just to learn how to do sponsorships so that's going to be pretty cool i think thunderbird bakery might want to be about that life here um so let's make that happen uh reach out to us at ask the cash at gmail.com once again that's ask the cash at gmail.com uh for any questions or if you'd like to be on the show the other thing i would like to put out there is um we do have a new website that is the cash podcast.com that is the cash podcast.com um and the last thing i will say before we wrap this up is you know i'm trying to start this segment i'm still waiting on my first phone calls for ask the cash so um give us a phone give us a call leave us a voicemail ask us something so me and the guests can have this conversation that is 920 920- 
985-985-9298. Once again, 920-385-9298. I think we nailed that. Yeah, covered a lot of ground. Yes, yeah, so fun. Yeah. Thank okay, you. Okay, um, we're we're really getting there, and but we're at my favorite part of the show. You know what my favorite part of the show is? Oh, let me help you out with that. It is shout out time. So let's get it on. What is the shout out? Oh, so we talked about community a lot. We've had so many people help us along the way and give us words of wisdom. But there's a great national mentoring program called SCORE. There's a score Fox cities branch and we have a great mentor. His name's Terry pinch. And I just want to give him a shout out. He, uh, has helped us a ton with our business plan, just listening and giving us words of encouragement to keep going and to taking this next step. So if you are looking to start a business, if you're looking for advice on how to grow or shift your business score is an awesome free mentoring association that offers all sorts of advice, financial marketing. So I just want to give Terry a shout out because he's a great guy and uh, he's pushed us to keep going. Score is, this is a, not a uh, owning a business is awesome, but really hard. <laughs> Score is a great organization. Um, I'm going to be working with them in the future. I'm sitting on a panel for them and mm, cool. speaking about some That's things. Great, all right, yeah. uh, Trent. What do you got? Man, it's hard not to just shout out all of our wholesale customers that have been really good to us. Um, let's see, Mugs and Rippin, Lawless and Nina, Tempest and Appleton, uh, even Wildfire up in Kimberly. Kimberly, yeah. yeah. Um, the co-op here in town, Wagner Market, Sean at Poco Pizza, New Moon. Um, the Elsewhere Cafe is a new oh, yeah. spot Elsewhere. that is open right next to the Gibson there. Oh, yeah, I just heard about that place. Yeah. Beautiful right. area. Village Grounds in Rosendale. Village Grounds, yes. It, I'm sure we're leaving out Fond du Lac customers. Go to our website. But, you know, these folks, as you just mentioned, you're still learning. We've had mistakes and errors happen and wrong num- wrong things delivered. And they roll with it and support us. And we appreciate that. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um <laughs> My shout outs for this week, um, keep it short and sweet. Uh, shout out to the UWO uh, girls basketball team for making it to the Elite Eight, but at this time they did not go past that. So sad, but still success is success. Want to send that shout out, especially as a Titan. Love y'all. Um, shout out to my wife, uh, just because she continues to let me do the podcast in our dining room, which is fantastic. Uh, she must love me. And a uh, shout out to Mark's Tire and Auto, uh, who is our mechanic. Um, I've shot, I've talked talked about them uh, before in the past. Um, they're just honest. They're just honest and they're fair. And um, as somebody who doesn't know a lot about cars, it's just nice to have a place you can take your car where you trust whatever they're going to say, because you just know they're not, they're not hinky. Mm-hmm. It's just is what it is. Um, if he can fix that thing with a, with a Bobby pin and, and duct tape. And he's like, I'm going to save you $4,000. <laughs> right. No, he does what's best. And, uh, cool. but he is, he is a great, great mechanic. So I, I do appreciate that, that business so much. All right, now we are down to the very, very last thing, which I am uh, super excited to get to, and that is parting words of wisdom. 
Um, but you know what? I feel like I want to ask y'all a different question. Sure. Can I change it up? We're ready for it. All right. Sure. What would you tell your 12-year-old self today? 12-year-old self. What would you tell your 12-year-old self today to be the best you? I think this is pretty simple, but it doesn't have to be perfect. I've always kind of been a recovering perfectionist, and you can do things well, and they don't have to be perfect. Just do it. Do your best. I would say uh, it's not too late. I always felt like I was too old for something or I'd miss my chance or, you know, like, oh, I'm already this old and I don't have a, a wife or a kid or a job or a business or, you know, it'll all come. Don't worry about it. Just live your life. It'll all happen. Facts. I love it. Sounds super wise. <laughs> all right. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I did. Was it a good time? It was. Thank you so much. Thank you. The cash.